Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prepare for a soccer coaching revolution. Come with me on a journey to discover the latest methods, techniques, and tactics that will transform you into a more effective coach, player, or soccer parent. Whether you're a seasoned coach or a beginner, growth never stops. I'm Sega Brabinovich, and this is Soccer Coaching Mastermind. I grew up in the late 90s, early 2000s, mainly in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, which is where I am now. My player development journey was really interesting. My first move came in the first grade when I moved to Chicago, and then in the third grade when I moved to Toronto. And it was really those years that created the love for the game that I ended up having. But it was really that third grade to my grade seven where my player development journey was really shaped. And at that time, which was again in kind of that late 90s, early 2000s era, the way that soccer was structured in Canada was based on promotion relegation in youth sports. And that allowed the best of the best to get to the highest level. And it really made us really focus on winning. And for us, there was very little tactical understanding from a coaching point of view. There wasn't really a developmental aspect to playing the game. It was, can we get the best players from the best teams and form one team? And then can we go and try and win and then do the same thing next year? So if we were to move up a a division, then the best players would stay. And then essentially the coach at the end of games and stuff like that would go and talk to other coaches and other players and see if we can kind of make this super all-star team that would end up winning the league anyway and just move up. And it was that type of mentality that really shaped my understanding of the game at that age. As I got older, I never really paid any attention to practice. You know, it was just fun for me. I would go, we would put the ball down and we would play. Uh, There wasn't really any drills or anything like that. It was, let's go, let's just play and get together and understand and know each other so we would be comfortable playing together. It was only when I moved to Kansas that I found that there was a new way to play. I didn't know that you could go into a game and really have an understanding of what the plan was. I thought, you know, the ref blew the whistle, the game started, and you just go play, and that was it. And if you were great, then great. And if you weren't, then that's unfortunate, and you would lose the game. And that was really the change that eventually got me to where I am today, which is really the ability to shape and understand the importance of player development. Because up till I moved 
to Kansas, there was nothing. It was soccer. It wasn't getting better. It wasn't a focus on player development. It was a focus on let's find the best players, let's put them together, and let's see if we can make a run. When I eventually came back to Kansas and started coaching, I came back with a new attitude. I came back with the idea that as a coach, it's not your job to just put the ball down and play in practice. Just like a teacher, you have to come in with a plan and you have to come in with an understanding of how development works so that your players can get better. In the landscape today, it's very, very rare to see teams that develop players. A lot of the teams that we play against here and clubs that we play against are so big and so vast that there really isn't even a relationship between one age group and the other. In fact, some of the coaches don't even know each other. I had a game a couple of months ago where I went to the field and I asked the coach on the field because they had a big stadium and there were multiple games being played. I said, do you know where the U14s are? That's the team that we were playing against. And he said, no, I couldn't tell you. And I was like, can you recognize any of the U14 players? And he said, no, which was really weird to me. The fact that a coach didn't know U14s in his own club right now, he was probably a U12 or U13 coach. But is that really what we want? That one team is one individual is solo and doesn't really have any affiliation other than a club name. When we look at cup finals here in Ontario, and I've watched many of them, they're available on YouTube when they're, and they're live as well. You see clubs sometimes of the same team. You see teams of the same clubs that end up being in the finals. So you'd have, let's call them club ABC. They have a team in the U14 that made the final and a team in the U17 that made the final. But there's no relation between those two teams other than the name. They don't play the same style. It's not the same club. It can't be other than the name. There's lots of teams that jump ship. So they'll keep the team together and they'll say, well, okay, we're not getting what we want from this club, so let's just take all the players and let's go to a different club. And I think as coaches, we've all seen that. And it's enough. It's enough. That's not player development. That's the old way of coaching. That's, let's get the best players. Let's put the ball down, let's play. And if we need more players, let's talk to the other players of other teams and bring them together, figure out a way to make one great team and then just cut everyone else. I'm not okay with that. And today we're going to talk about the development part because that is the bread and butter of what you do as a coach. It is not winning and losing. It's developing the player, the individual in the right place, the right environment that is going to create something so magical for you and your club and your team and is going to take things to the next level. To understand development, we first have to understand teaching. And we have to understand 
the ability of kids to learn. What is the most effective way to teach anyone anything? And for me, that starts and ends with one word, and that word is repetition. Now, the idea of repetition, common sense, right? You do something over and over again, and you get better at it, right? But there's another part of it, and it's about doing it right. So if you repeat something over and over and over again, and you repeat it wrong, then it becomes part of your subconscious, and then you continue to do that subconsciously, and then before you know it, you have a bad habit, right? And and we all know this because there's a very common saying, and it's you can't teach an old dog an old dog new tricks. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And that, for me, is really the idea that repetition is not just about repeating things over and over and over again. It's about repeating something but doing it in the most effective way possible, which means the right environment and breaking it down so that the player knows exactly how to do it and does it correctly. So for example, let's take one of uh, the one of my favorite moves that I teach players and that's a Maradona, right? So that Maradona is kind of like a spin move, okay? The problem with the Maradona for most players is they don't allow for the ball to move from one side to the other. So what that ends up happening is it ends up not working and they end up running into the player because they haven't moved the player into an open space so that they can do their Maradona. And we'll talk about a Maradona in a different episode where I'll actually break down different moves that we teach our players and how we do that. But for me, that repetition part and slowing it down first so that each player can first get exactly right and not build these bad habits is always step one, repeating that over and over and over. And it's whatever you're doing, right? Whether it's passing, whether it's a tactical session, right? About maybe losing your defender, whatever that is. You first have to break that down, slow it down so that the player can understand it, see it. And then once they've created that good habit, then you have to create an environment where that player practices it over and over and over again because, again, this is repetition. Now, that environment is a huge part of this, and it's a key part that people don't talk about because let's talk about something that we've all heard of, receiving, right? Passing, receiving. So normally, a coach will have two lines and... You know, it'll be back and forth, pass, 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 pass. Now, if we're talking about receiving, that player in a repetitive environment, right? That's what we talked about, repeating, okay? Repeat it. And the coach does a great job of breaking it down, you know, back part of the foot, you know, make sure as it comes to you, 
You can compare it to an egg catching an egg, right? You don't want to squish the egg. You want to gently receive that egg, right? Using that back part of the foot, okay? Of the inside of the foot, okay? And you're doing it over and over and over again. And the kids are getting so good at receiving. And you go, wow, that's fantastic, okay? Our players learn how to receive the ball. But the problem is we're not paying attention to the environment. What is that environment encouraging? Well, the environment is encouraging that every single time before that player receives the ball, they are just focusing on that ball that comes into them. So subconsciously, we've already built a pathway to understand that when that ball is coming to me, the first thing that I have to do and the most important thing that I have to do is just look at the ball which is completely wrong from a receiving point of view, because while we are receiving the ball, what we have to be worried about in the game is other players, right? A player behind me coming to tackle me, right? I have to be worried about where my next pass is going, or maybe I'm going to turn. Maybe my first touch needs to be a fake one way so I could turn the other way for a shot. So subconsciously, we've already created an environment which is detrimental to the player without even realizing that that has been a problem. So the environment that you create has to be as game-like as possible. It has to be in a repetitive, game-like environment. And that for me isn't talked about enough. It's just half of that. Let's repeat over and over. Let's focus on the coaching points over and over. But the environment is just as important and that is the developmental secret. Create the environment, the repetitive environment under pressure, right? The most game-like. So let's take that same example and let's create something. Let's create a situation where passing receiving is still, still what we're working on. Or you know what? Let's simplify. Let's make it even more. Okay, just receiving. Let's focus on receiving, but let's create an environment where receiving is the focus, but we have to repeat it over and over again. And we have to do it in such a way that the environment itself is exactly like the game. Now, I love the idea of doing this without pressure. I love it, right? Because everything starts slow. We have to make sure it's slow. But how do we do this in such a way that the environment itself is slow, but the player receiving the ball still has to look around before they receive it? Well, for me, one of the ways that we could do that is being chased, right? If someone, if I'm playing tag, then the child has to constantly be looking around for the person that's tagging. So what if instead of this line environment, we take it to a different level and we create a grid, right? We create a square, okay, which we can call um, the garden, right? So we're in a garden, okay? The garden is, let's say, 20 steps by 20 steps, okay? Uh, and I say steps, not yards, because everyone's... Everyone can just do 20 steps. I don't like to use, you, you don't have a measuring stick, right? When you're coaching. So you make a box of 20 by 20 steps 
And with it, you've got, let's say, eight players, right? So you divide them into groups of two and you let the players know, okay, we are going to go on a gardening adventure, okay? I want you to go into the garden and you're going to plant gardens, okay? And the way that you're going to plant a garden is this. Each group of two is going to get one plant, okay? And that's going to be the ball. Now, your job is to plant that every single time, as many times as you can. And the way that you can do that is if I get my ball, which we're going to refer to as the plant, to my friend who's helping me plant, then every time we stop the plant, we're going to plant it. So now we can talk about with the players, well, what does planting a plant look like? Well, it's a pass and a stop is receiving. And we can go over all the points, all the same points that we had, right? With receiving, you know, receiving with the back part, we call that the penguin, right? Penguins walk, we show them and all that. And we can talk about the specific points. They don't matter right now. But then now what we can say is this, while you guys are planting the plants, there's going to be two rabbits and rabbits love, rabbits love come in and eat the plant. And you're going to take those two players and you're going to say, first of all, you're going to say, well, how do rabbits move? Do rabbits run? No, rabbits hop. So you're going to hop rabbits and your job is to try and take the plant. And how do you take the plant? Well, you tag, right? You tag the, per the player, the gardener who is gardening. And if they have the plant and you tag them, guess what? You get a point. So what have we done in that situation? Well, what we've done is we've created an environment where the players that are making passes, receiving the ball, all these amazing things, they're doing it in such a way where still no pressure, right? Two players hopping, right? Hopping is not very fast. So there is some type of threat coming. Will it come? Maybe. Maybe once every four or five minutes, they'll be able to tag you, right? Which is okay. But what we've done in that situation is the players, the kids are now having to look around, okay? Which is exactly the situation they're going to be faced with in the game. Look around before you receive that ball. So for me, that environment that repetition is exactly player development because now it's slow. It's an environment that has repetition, but more importantly, it's game-like. And to me, that is the difference. That is the shift that you have to make as a coach to increase player development. And as long as you keep those two things in mind, then your development of the player will start to be a focus. And you'll start to see that players are getting better and better and better with everything that you're working on, as long as it's that game-like repetitive environment where you first start slow. Now, after maybe a month, your players are getting really good at it to the point where now the bunnies aren't even getting anyone. Well, guess what? This time a fox is coming. Now, what? how does a fox move? Can a fox run? Yeah, a fox can run, right? And you can change the environment and the speed 
in which players are getting tagged. You can add more bunnies, right? There are so many different ways you can make the garden smaller. Okay, if it's too hard, it's, if it's too easy, you can make it bigger if it's too hard. And as long as you have that understanding of, again, the environment is what I can change. Then I think player development takes a bigger part. Now, why is that even important? Why is player, who cares, right? Why? I can just go and get other. The best thing that you can do is take away the element of needing someone else. And for me, that is what has created so much success within the academy. Because other clubs, they rely on tryouts. They rely on the fact that, you know, uh, hopefully we have a house league program and hopefully there are some good kids there that we can bring in uh, and that'll start a decent enough team that we can get into the league with and then we can try and recruit other players and this and that. And it gets very complicated because you're you're really just putting the effort into external sources that may not work out. Whereas if you have a developmental approach, you can take anyone. And rather than looking for great players, you can just look for average players or any player because you know you can develop them. So players that come into your academy, the goal is to get them to that rep program, to that travel team. And if you have a developmental approach, then they should all get there. And what you've done now is you've created your own cycle and you've created your own development platform that allows you to get good players and you don't need to take anyone else's players in fact with our academy it's tough for us when we get new players from other clubs because of what i spoke about we have to untrain these bad habits and the older the players get the tougher it is so for us we love it when a player comes to us and says yeah well you know uh i've never played for a team before right and at that five to ten age group we create amazing players but again it's that ability development first thanks for joining me on our very first episode to me player development is everything that i do i care about my players more than anything and i want them to be successful not just as soccer players but as people for us soccer is a vehicle that we create good people and that, to me, is the most important thing. Player development is about repetition. It's about repetition and doing it in the right way, though. It's not just repeating things over and over and over again. It's about doing them first slowly, breaking it down, and then after, speeding it up and creating an environment that mimics the game. I'll see you next week. So until then, enjoy the journey, enjoy the moments, but most importantly, enjoy the game. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.